Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Hey, 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 it is a birth story episode. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Well, hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 148. Thank you for being here with me today. 
In this episode, we have a little bit of a different birth story episode with Taylor. Taylor is a paraeducator, mom, and business owner from Kansas City, Missouri. She enjoys helping special needs students in school and ending the day by snuggling up for a movie with her own three girls and her husband, too. In her free time, she enjoys crafting, which she actually has turned into a business, spending time with her girls, and getting outdoors with her husband. This birth story is a little different because we're going to talk a bit about all three of Taylor's births. Now, even before we talk about the births, actually, the first thing we touch upon is how in her late teens, Taylor was told that she had a severe case of PCOS and that it would be nearly impossible for her to get pregnant. This is someone who she herself will describe how she didn't have toy, you know, imaginary friends. She had imaginary kids. So this was a lot for her to deal with. That thankfully turned out not to be the case. And she went on to have three girls. And we're going to talk about all of those pregnancies and births. In her first pregnancy, she had gallstones and had to manage gallstone attacks. And then after she got discharged from the hospital, was back in the hospital just a few hours later, having her gallbladder removed. Her second pregnancy was pretty straightforward. That baby was a couple weeks early. And the only thing that happened then is that the nurse didn't listen to her when she says she better call the doctor because it doesn't take her long to push. And in her third, she actually discovered that she had an abnormal pap test that had severely abnormal precancerous cells that were just the step before cervical cancer. And then also she let a student deliver her baby girl for her third and final delivery. Now, even with all that, Taylor actually had pretty easy births. All of her labors were under six hours and she pushed for less than 30 minutes, including one nine pound baby. As a matter of fact, her mother told her that she should not share her stories because everyone would hate her. And that's not true. We're not going to hate her. I wanted her to share her story because I want you to know that easy births absolutely can and do happen. And then also talk about some of the other things that can pop up during pregnancy and birth too. Her stories are really a metaphor for life, in my opinion. You have some good moments, you have some not good moments, and we all have to work at managing that. Now, before we get into the episode, let me tell you a quick story. In my birth plan class, make a birth plan the right way. One of the questions that I tell people to ask, and in that class, you learn a bunch of questions so you know that the doctors and nurses actually support what's in your birth plan. That's way more than just like Googling a form. One of the questions I tell folks to ask is, what is your cesarean rate? And one of the students came back and told me that her doctor told her that he has a cesarean section rate of 70 to 80%, meaning 70 to 80% of his patients have a cesarean. That number really should be under 25%. And she never would have known this and would not have had the opportunity to change to a different doctor if she hadn't taken the class, hadn't got the questions to ask. So now I want you to go take the class too. Again, it's how to make a birth plan the right way. It's drnicolerankins.com forward slash register. You get it several other questions to ask, tips for how to get your doctors and nurses to pay attention to your birth plan, as well as what to include. So again, this drnicolerankins.com forward slash register. Go take the class now so you are not messing with somebody who has a 70 to 80% C-section rate. All right, let's get into the birth story episode with Taylor. 
Thank you so much, Taylor, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. Y'all, me and Taylor went back and forth and back and forth about getting this scheduled. You have no idea. So I'm so glad that we were finally able to get it together. Yeah, I'm excited. It was it was definitely a ringer, but we made it work. Yes, yes, we did. All right. So why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your family? Well, let's see. I live in Missouri. I've got three beautiful little girls, a fantastic husband. Um, we've kind of been through it all. I work at the school here in town and pretty simple small town girl here. There's not not much exciting to go off of. Well, then nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And I always appreciate a family of three girls. I'm from a family of three girls. That's all the power to everybody that only has one gender of children. <laughs> yes. I'm we're done though with, with all of that. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I have a girlfriend. One of my close girlfriends has three boys. So I, I, I know that exactly what you mean. All right. So we're actually going to get into a little bit about all three of your births because there are highlights from each of them that I wanted to talk about. But first I want to start with talking about the fact that you were told that because you have PCOS, and for those who don't know, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome, that because of your PCOS, it would be nearly impossible for you to get pregnant. How, and obviously you did get pregnant, <laughs> and we'll get into that, but at the time, how did that make you feel? So uh, when I was initially told that, it was during my previous marriage, and he and I were trying to start our family. Um, and we just, I mean, we were, I was young and I had always been under the assumption that it would be, you know, oh, you get married, you have babies, like mm -hmm. the simple process and you just like wham, bam, like you, you get it and it's done. I never mm -hmm. really thought about not having the option or it not being a possibility. And from a young age, my mother would always joke and she would be like, you always ran around and you didn't have imaginary friends. You had imaginary kids and you had a hundred of them. Mm. They didn't have names. They were numbered. Right. Like here's right. kid one, two, three. And so it was just, it was something that I had always dreamed of. So when I was told that I was on the higher end of the PCOS spectrum and it would be nearly impossible for me to have kids, like I remember just calling my husband at the time and just breaking down. I was like, I don't mm. know what to do. Like, where do we go from here? I was heartbroken. Right. Sure. And then um, shortly after that, it was later on that year, we needed to go our separate ways from some of some wrongdoings. That yeah, happened. It, 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 it happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I was, I found out a month after I left him that I was pregnant with my first. Doesn't that just feel like, why? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, it, it was kind of, it was a tricky situation and I am very happy to say that he is not in the picture at all in that aspect. And okay. I'm very fortunate that my husband takes over as her daddy and her eyes and that's all that matters to us. Sure. So I'm, I, it worked, everything worked out for the best. I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And then, so then did you have any trouble getting pregnant with the other two? 
Uh, no. So, <laughs> um, Macy, our second baby, uh-huh. she, I was terrified to have sex after Tucker. Like I did not want to get pregnant again. So you were like, I'm just like, please don't. Cause oh, this yeah. happened and it wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I was like, uh-uh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this right now, but here comes Macy and our girls are 14 months apart. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was no, no problem there. <laughs> Clearly. Like I really would. And the reason I brought this question up is because I really wish, and I want everybody to hear that obstetricians or in gynecologists, we need to stop telling people this. I mean, we can tell people that it can be challenging. It may be difficult, but it can still happen. <laughs> so don't think that the chances are zero because none of us ever know for sure. Yes, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Yes, yes, 100%, 100%. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual, their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your first pregnancy. So with your first pregnancy, you had problems with gallstones. What was that like for you? At first I was really, I mean, it was my first pregnancy and she was my first baby. So I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to expect. And I remember I was over at a friend's house. Um, I was staying with a couple of girlfriends of mine and I was hunched over on the kitchen floor and they were all like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you? Like, do we go to the hospital? What is going on? And I was like, I don't know, but I cannot breathe. Like, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. And so I was just in the fetal position on the kitchen floor. And then it finally like subsided and I went about my day. And then a couple months later, I was um, with my mother and my family and I had the same thing happen after dinner one night. And so I went upstairs and I, um, got in bed with my mom and I was just laying there crying and she was like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I am in so much pain. I cannot breathe. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. And she had my dad take me to the hospital and they, you know, they admitted me and they did all the ultrasounds and the x-rays or MRIs or whatever it is that they were doing. And they were like, Oh yeah, you've got gallstones. We'll have to do gallbladder surgery after you deliver. And, 
like everything will be fine. We'll wait until you're at your like postpartum checkup to try to okay. do it. And how far along were you at that point when they told you that you would eventually need to get it? Do you remember? I was in my early thirties weeks. Okay. 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 I think I was just about to my weekly appointments. Okay. 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 So you didn't have too, too much long left. Okay. And I think that was probably the hardest part was because how are you going to (laughs) tell a big old pregnant woman that she can't eat the food that she wants to eat? (laughs) Like I'm living on Taco Bell and you're saying not anymore. (laughs) But then I I had a couple more attacks um, right after I gave birth to Tucker, my oldest, and she, um, I had to miss a couple of feedings with her because I was really, I was so desperate to try and breastfeed because I wanted that, that connection and that, right. you know, just that, I guess, power you could say. Right. But she, I mean, she was a nine pound baby, so okay. she was starving from the, like straight out the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as I was discharged, I got home, ate, took a shower. As soon as I got out of the shower, I had another attack. And my dad had to take me back to the hospital. And they took it out that very next day. It was it was intense. Oh, so there was no, there was no waiting for this six-week postpartum recovery business. No, not at all. Left the hospital and then came back, you said, five, just a few hours later. Yeah, I was back. Oh. Wow. How how did that go for you? I mean, it was okay. I think the hardest part was just knowing that my baby was not with me and she was with my mom. I couldn't have her there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it sucked having to have my mom bring her up there to see me, which she was more than happy to do. It just, you know, you're supposed to go home. You're supposed to be with your baby. Sure. You're to start your life. And I got put on hold for two days because... My body couldn't get itself in check, I guess. Oh, so uh, so you were recovering from having a nine-pound baby. And did you have stitches or anything or any tears? Or She did. I had two stitches with her. Okay. Okay. So not, well, thankfully, not a ton. So, um, so you're recovering from having a baby and recovering from gallbladder surgery at the same time. Correct. Yep. <laughs> well, how was, I mean, what was that like for you? I honestly don't think I have any complaints about recovering from any of my births just because I, my mom always tells me, she's like, you should not share your birth story because these women are going to hate you when they hear how easy you had it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, what, what am I going to do? I just, I'll just push all of my birth juju out on everybody else. Yeah, we love it. Like I would love for everybody to have the births that I do. I, I have zero complaints, honestly. Okay. Well, that's good. That is good to know. I think it's important for people to know the possibilities. Like it's entirely possible for you to have normal, easy labors and births. Yes. And that's no, I feel like you never hear about that. You only hear about the scary, like my epidural didn't work. I felt everything. I was in Mm -hmm. labor for my best friend. She was in labor for like four days before they finally gave her a C-section. Like it was, it's insane. You never hear about the, like, yeah, it was good. It was easy. They came right out. Perfect. Okay. Okay. All right. And then, and well, I, I guess I should back up and say, was that, was the labor itself easy for you too? Oh yeah. I have, like I said, I have zero complaints. I kind of just, the nurses I had with my oldest were 
they were fantastic. Like they were like talking me through the whole thing. They were saying, okay, well you should start to feel something like this. And then I would feel it. And they're like, okay, now we're at this point and we're going to get to this point. So if you feel like you're needing to do this, or if you feel uncomfortable in this way, let us know. And I mean, I can't, I can't even remember her name, but she was probably one of the most God sent people that I have could have ever had Mm. in the delivery room with me. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And did you have epidurals or no? Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> you said like this. <laughs> <laughs> you said yes. Uh, definitely. Gotcha. 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 All right. All right. So, despite having the gallbladder attacks and gallbladder surgery afterwards, things were otherwise pretty much pretty smooth. Yep. Everything was easy peasy. Love it. Love it. So then, for your second pregnancy, again, you said everything went smoothly. And then (laughs) things at the time of the birth were a little bit tricky. What happened then? So I was, I mean, I knew I was going into labor. Like (laughs) we were two weeks early, which was fine just because I, I anticipated what I was doing. Like I went on a walk, husband and I did the fun things. Like we were, we were ready for Macy to get here. And I go in there and they're like, yeah, like you're at, I think they said three or four centimeters dilated. Um, We'll get Dr. Eggers in here and she'll take a look at you. And so she came in and she was like, oh yeah, you're perfect. I'm just going to break your water for you and we'll just get, we'll just get it taken care of. And I was like, fantastic. And so then we had a shift change. So I wasn't seeing Dr. Eggers anymore and it was a different doctor. So, and I hadn't seen him before in the clinic. Um, and so the nurses, they gave me like the, okay, well tell me if you feel like you have to poop. So we know if you like, it's time to push. And I was like, all right, fantastic. So I told them when it happened and she, the nurse was like, okay, well, I'm going to have you start, you know, pushing and doing your practice pushes. And I was like, um, you don't want me to do that. And she was like, no, 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 no. It'll be fine. Like, well, get everything ready. You do your practice pushes and then we'll get Dr. Teichler in here. And I was like, I promise you, like, you really don't want me to start pushing yet. This baby's going to fly out. Right. And they're like, no, I promise it's okay. We're right here. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I started doing my pushing and doctor finally comes in and I was doing like, I was not given my full throttle pushes. Like I knew (laughs) I knew better. And so when he, Dr. Tegler came in, he, um, was like, all right, we're here to have a baby. And then he looks and he goes, whoa, 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 stop, stop pushing. And I was like, yeah, I told him they didn't listen to me. (laughs) He's like, okay, gloves, gloves, gloves. And he's like, one more push and she's here. And I was like, all right, let's go. Right, 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 right. And it's like, I, I I told y'all that I know how to push a baby out. That's I'm telling you, like I I know how it works. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so he barely made it with getting the the gloves and did he even get dressed or get or just I very quickly catch the baby? I don't remember that much. I just gotcha. know that he was screaming for gloves and then there she was. And there she was. <laughs> and how much does she weigh? She was two weeks early and she was six nine. Okay, okay, okay. So and definitely so a lot smaller. So um Probably, did you push less with her than you did with the first one? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think I tore it all with her. Okay. She was so tiny. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so again, quick, fairly quick labor, birth. What about the postpartum recovery? Yeah. Everything was easy. Um, I don't think we had the only trouble that we had with Macy was she was um, very jaundiced. And so she had to be put on like that glow warm light uh-huh. thing. Um, but they sent the, the, her pediatrician sent that home with us. So we didn't have, she didn't have to spend any time in the NICU. Um, everything was smooth sailing. She was the only one that had some afterbirth like troubles, but gotcha. That was it. Gotcha. Oh, and I forgot to ask, did you, with the first one, did you end up resuming breastfeeding? Like, were you able to get that back going once you got out of the hospital? No, I wasn't. She was eating so much Mm. from the time that she came out that I just could not keep up. And she was so fussy and so miserable. And I just, I gave in the towel. Like we were still in the hospital and I gave in the towel. It broke my heart, but I was like, I just, I need this baby fed because I cannot. Gotcha. I can't stand to hear her screaming and crying. Gotcha. 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 And then did you try to breastfeed with the second? We did. I did with Macy and we made it. Let me think. I think she was about four months. Nice, 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 nice. So different experience the second time around then with breastfeeding for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, during your third pregnancy, you were diagnosed with an abnormal pap test and you had to see an oncologist. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Yeah. And an oncologist, a GYN oncologist, I presume, and an oncologist, um, for those listening, is a cancer doctor. So tell us about that experience. That was definitely probably one of the scariest moments that I think I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, All I remember is getting a phone call saying, like, your pap came back abnormal. We need you to come in so we can do a biopsy. And... That resulted in them saying that I had CIN3, mm-hmm. which from what I can remember from the research that I did, it was basically like I had HPV that wasn't diagnosed and nothing was done. So it just progressed and progressed and progressed. And I was at like the final stage before it would have turned into cervical cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was on overdrive with that on top of being overly hormonal from just being pregnant in general. And um, one of the main things that stuck out was I remember my doctor, she was probably, she was my favorite out of the three that I had. Mm-hmm. She told me that she was like, I don't know how this didn't get caught with your other two pregnancies like this has been here for years and I was like well that makes me feel great thanks oh my god did you had you had paps before and it just didn't show up or no, it did they I had had abnormal paps with both Tucker and Macy when I was when I went for my uh, my initial visit and they right. were like no abnormal paps are are common with the beginning of pregnancy, we'll just check you after and nothing ever happened at my postpartum appointments. So I was like, yeah, everything, I just assumed everything was good. Oh, 
Oh, okay. How did that did not make you? I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I can't even get it out. I know. It's, yep. (laughs) How did that make you? And obviously, your doctor kept it real. She was like, this should have been caught beforehand. I mean, it was, it was awful. I felt, it honestly felt like you're, like you were just part of their day. Like you were just being pushed through the door. Like, right. They didn't really care. This is your, you're their paycheck and they want to get you in, get you out so they can go home, which I mean, I get it. There are days like that, but I feel like there's no way that two different doctors had the same coincidental day on my situation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was just, it was very apparent that they they didn't really care about their patients like the way that my OB did at the time. Mm. So was it was it a different practice with your other pregnancies? Yes. Okay. Do you feel like it was because do you feel like they treated you differently because you were young or because Oh, absolutely. I was okay. only 20 when I got pregnant with Tucker. So mm-hmm. I you know, was fresh out of high school, I was newly, you know, married and divorced. And so Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure that had a lot to play in it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So then you ended up having to go see, so, okay. So you got diagnosed with the abnormal pap smear and I'm guessing in the early part of pregnancy with the CIN3. And then immediately you got sent to the oncologist is that, or fairly shortly thereafter. Yeah, I think there was about a month of me trying to get in with an appointment just because they, the oncology department was so far booked out. Okay. And okay. I could only see like one of two different providers. So I had to wait for one of their schedules to open up. Okay. Okay. And then when you saw them, what was that conversation and discussion like? So I actually ended up seeing both of the options that Dr. Heisman had recommended to me. Um, The first lady that I went to, she was absolutely horrible. I wouldn't recommend, I, I called my OB office crying and I was like, I need the number to the other lady. Like I cannot see this woman again because she was just so awful. Oh my, what was so bad about it? If you don't mind me. So I had my husband and my mom with me because, well, A, I wanted my husband with me and B, my mom just, you know how moms are. They ask like questions that you can't think of in that moment. Yeah. And so I was trying to ask just, I felt like basic questions and I was, one of them was okay well does my husband have anything to worry about like if I am dealing with this now like are there symptoms or anything that he needs to be concerned or on the lookout for and she laughed and told me that I could google it and just kind of went about trying to get me out of the office like I was the least of her worries. are you serious she told you you could google it uh-huh. And the assistant that was in there with her laughed as well. And so I was just like, at that point, like I was <laughs> fuming and we left and my husband was like, I'm literally sweating with how irritated that woman made me. And I was like, uh-huh, we're not going back there ever again. Oh my God. That is terrible. Yeah. She was, she was horrible. Wow. So, and were they in the same practice? 
No, they were from different hospitals. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, okay. So it wasn't like once you left her, it wasn't like there was a possibility you could see her again. You could. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, good, good. I drove across state line to see this second lady. Like I was not risking that one. Oh my, how far did you have to drive? Um, It was probably about an hour and a half. Wow. That is, that, that, that's just really upsetting. You know, I mean, I'm really glad that you did the right thing. You know, you kept going until you found someone who, who worked for you, but obviously it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So then how were things when you saw the second one? It was like night and day different. She was amazing. She was super sweet. She answered all of our questions. I had my oldest with me that day as well. So it was my mom, my oldest, and then my husband. And she was, you know, she was playing with my daughter. Like she was more than accommodating. The nurses were all super sweet. Um, She genuinely made it feel like no question was a stupid question. And she, I felt like I could tell that she actually cared about my concerns and could tell that I was genuinely concerned and that I wasn't just trying to make a big deal out of something that was a small deal to her because it was a big deal to me. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then what was the plan that was determined for how you needed to be monitored during your pregnancy? And then what happened afterwards? So basically we figured out that, um, it wasn't growing at a rapid pace and it wasn't spreading. So we could, we wouldn't have to do anything during the pregnancy. We could wait until after I delivered. So we waited until, I think it was my eight-week checkup, and we did another biopsy, made sure that everything was still decent and the same as what it was prior, and then we scheduled um, a leap procedure to kind of like just get rid of all of the 
the yucky mm-hmm. spots that were causing everything to be so messed up. Yeah, I mean, basically a leap is like it takes out a, for lack of a better way to say it, it removes a good-sized portion of your cervix. Yes. Um, and basically with that, they waited until my eight-week postpartum appointment. They went in and did another biopsy just to make sure that nothing had spread more and that there were more areas that they needed to take. And um, everything came back, I say good, on that aspect. So we just scheduled um, scheduled the appointment for my surgery. We decided to that we were absolutely done having babies just because Hadley was probably the most difficult child, I think, that anyone could ever have. <laughs> So I was like, on my consult call, I was like, can we please? Can we, we just need to wrap this all up. Yes. <laughs> One-stop one shopping. Let's go ahead and get this done. Yeah. She was like, absolutely. That's no problem. I'm already in there. Let's just knock it out. And I was right. like, all right, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and what was so difficult about your third, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my gosh. She is her dad's child. I don't know. She's fussy. She's a whiner. She was never happy with anything. She was always crying, always just, I don't know. She wasn't nothing like you. And of course you still love her all the same, but it was enough for y'all to be like, we're good. We're done. Oh yeah. Everyone's like, don't you want a boy? And I'm like, nope, we got Mm -hmm. a boy dog and a boy cat. We are good to go. There you go. There you go. (laughs) And did you have any... But her birth itself wasn't, you know, once you found out you could get the follow-up afterwards, the rest of your pregnancy was pretty uneventful and your labor and birth were uneventful. Yep. Everything was smooth sailing just like the other two. Um, No problems. Okay. Nice. Nice. Now I know with the third one, you allowed a student to participate in your birth. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yes. And what led you to agree to that? He, the student was um, a gentleman and he was always there at the appointment. So anytime Dr. Heisman would come in, they would always, you know, give the, I've got a student with me today. Is that okay? And I'm right. like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Everybody else has already been down there in my business. Why not? <laughs> Taylor, you cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> don't make no difference to me. My husband didn't care. Oh he my goodness. Baby. <laughs> right, right, right. I was like, yeah, that's cool. And she was like, so I think we're going to, based off of the, this is what the doctor said. She said, I think based off of what you have told me about your other two births, I think you're the perfect candidate. It'll be like a nice, easy introduction for him into like the birthing world. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I don't care. Right, right, right. And so he was, they let me schedule my induction for 39 weeks. So I was a week early with Hadley. Okay. And um, I remember we specifically scheduled it so that he would be there. Cause he was like, I'm so excited uh-huh. to be able to do this. And then he told me the day of, he was like, I didn't want to tell you this before, but I feel like we're on this level now. Like you're going to be my first. And I was like, Oh, I got you. Like, we're good. (laughs) You're going to soar. Right. I mean, it was as simple as the others. I went in for my induction once labor 
legitimately started. It was the same like four to five hours pushing for 10, 20 minutes. And that was it. So you just made his whole day. Well, I remember, yeah, I remember my husband came back from, he was, I think, getting a snack or something. And he comes back in. He goes, I just ran into your nurse doctor outside or your student doctor. I said, oh, yeah. And he goes, yeah, he looked at me and he was like, your wife wasn't kidding. Those babies fly out. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I told him. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, now, um, looking back on anything, is there anything that you wish you would have done differently about any of your births? I think the only thing that I genuinely wish I would have done differently was I wish I would have had the same doctor for the first two as I did for the third. Gotcha. Because it was a big difference, it sounds like. It really was. Like, I didn't have any issues with my first two doctors. I, you know, I don't have anything negative to say. I just don't. I don't feel like I received the care that Dr. Heisman gave me, basically. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't anything like substantial. I gotcha. Say. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then um, just to wrap up, what is the one thing or one piece of advice that you would tell other women as they get ready for their births? I feel like this is the most wonderful piece of advice that anybody can ever give anything, but it's also the one thing that nobody actually follows through with. Just don't overthink it. Don't overthink anything or that you're doing something wrong or what if this happens or what if this could happen? You're just going to stress yourself out. Just let it happen. Let it be. You'll figure out as you go. And a lot of people say you can't do that with babies and with childbirth, but yeah, you can. You absolutely can. Just work your way through it. Talk to the people who know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just take advice along the way and choose what's best for you. Don't let anybody tell you you can or cannot do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent life advice, actually. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. Like I said, you are funny and I have enjoyed this conversation. I Clearly, you I know you keep it real all the time. Well, I, there's no point to go through life and, you know, just wiggle your way around everything. Just I be, hear you. Be real and get it going and get out of the way. If they don't like it, they'll, they'll move. There you go. There you go. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Wasn't that a great episode? Taylor is funny and I really enjoy chatting with her. Um, she had me laughing during the conversation in the background. All right. Now, you know, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Nicole's Notes. And I have a bunch of Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Taylor. Number one, I wanted to tell you that I do have a podcast episode about gallbladder disease and pregnancy. That's episode 128 with uh, a friend of mine who I went to college with, Dr. George Crawford. And we talk all things gallbladder and pregnancy in that episode. That's drnicolerankins.com forward slash episode 128 if you want to hear that. So that's episode, the word, and then 128. And we'll link that in the show notes. Number two, remember that fed is best. Taylor mentioned how she had difficulty breastfeeding her first, but remember fed is best. And then also know that if it doesn't work out the first time, you can try again. She was able to successfully breastfeed her other children. So even if breastfeeding doesn't work out the first time, definitely give it a try again, but always fed is best. 
Okay, next point or next Nicole's note is that students can really be enjoyable. Sometimes they're so eager and excited to be a part of the birth experience. So consider, you know, when you have the opportunity to have students available or in a birth that you can, you can decide how much they are involved or not involved. You don't necessarily have to have the student do the delivery, but even being in the room for them can be really, really enjoyable and meaningful. And we all at some point were students when we had to learn. I do have a downloadable guide on my uh, website at drnicolerankins.com forward slash resources, where there's a list of questions you can ask and you can get an idea for how involved students and resident physicians are in, in a birth if you want to. But think about considering allowing students to be involved because it's really meaningful and it helps the next generation of medical professionals to learn. Okay, and then the last thing I will say, actually, oh, I take that back, two more points. Number one is that was absolutely atrocious that she had two abnormal pap smears during her pregnancy and those results weren't followed up. And I obviously am not blaming Taylor in any way, shape or form, but keep an eye on your own lab results and things because you can't always necessarily rely on your doctor to do it for you. So make sure you keep an eye on those things, blood work, make sure you actually see the results. Don't go by the no news is good news policy. Make sure you see the things and and, and look at them yourself. These days with electronic health records and some recent laws that were passed, you have access to really all of your lab results as soon as the results come back. So sign up for those patient portals, look at your lab results yourself, and then ask about follow-up for anything that's abnormal. Okay, and then the final Nicole's note is, lots of people have easy births. It is totally possible that you could have an easy birth. So know that that may be possible for you. It may not be, but it definitely may be possible. And one of the things that helps make birth easier is being prepared with great childbirth education. That of course is what happens inside the birth preparation course, my online childbirth education class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have the most beautiful birth. Check out all the details of the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, so there you have it. Do me a favor. Number one, share this episode with a friend or share the podcast with a friend if you like it. And number two, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to me right now. And if you are so inclined, leave an honest review in Apple Podcast in particular. I love to see what folks have to say about the show and it helps the show to grow. And one more thing. Uh, come follow me over on Instagram. If you like social media, that's where I hang out in the social media streets. You can find me there at Dr. Nicole Rankins. We can continue the conversation after the show over there. All right. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week. And remember you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.